Keeping it real. My guest today is Brandon Joe Williams, state national, founder of the nation of the Amnesty Coalition. Also, his websites, onestupidfuck.com and williamsandwilliamslawfirm.com. The current matrix we live in here in the corporation of the USA, also known as the District of Columbia. Yes, it's a corporation, the same as McDonald's. We live under the statutes, codes, and laws established by this corporation, by trickery and our own lack of education. We all check the U.S. citizen box on tax forms, driver's licenses, credit applications, etc. Never being made aware that there is another way to live in peace and not under the jurisdiction of this corporation. This creates slaves out of the people in society, thinking they have no other choice. Thus, we become dependent on the privileges the corporation offers and blesses you with. Taxes, social security, licenses, registrations, etc. Prepare to learn how this is all a voluntary system as you claim that U.S. citizen status. Brandon's bio states, this is not conspiracy theories, it's 100% real. His two main weapons are education and forgiveness. He says, my job here on earth is to help the people understand their situation, understand what they can do about it, and help God to help the people of this planet learn more about their situation. This includes even police, judges, politicians, etc. This info is for the rare minority looking for true freedom and willing to put the work in to achieve it. Brandon can help you locate and destroy every single contract you are tied into without even knowing it. 100% legally and lawfully and no, you do not lose any privileges doing this. You will have more freedom and the ability to gain more money than you have ever had before. Let's get started. Okay, today everybody, the Ambassador of Freedom is here. This is a rising star in the world trying to help other people break some of your former paradigms and realize what the actual truth of the United States of America is. You've had a business that ran into some problems actually with a government entity that started you off on this path kind of to discover more about what is actually behind all these laws and codes and definitions and words and syntax and how it's put together because you went deep and this seems like the thorn in your side that started it. Yeah, the Employment Development Department uh, came trespassed onto one of my uh, my jobs that I have for my landscaping company. I have a landscaping company. And um, they decided they wanted to start sending me this large bill out of nowhere for no reason. Uh, they thought that there was some kind of a contract or something with the state, or I don't know what they were thinking. But uh, they thought you had a contract with them to pay them money. I guess. But, you know, I don't know. What, whatever. How nice know. for them. Yeah. How, 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 what a nice assumption. Uh, <laughs> and so that's kind of what, that's kind of what, what started me down this whole, this whole rabbit hole and everything like that. And then, yeah. It was complete bullshit. 
But most people, you know, end up trying to figure those situations out. How am I going to pay this? Because they're going to take my company from me. Otherwise, I mean, we're dealing with a government entity here. And that scares people, Brandon. Yeah. So you were probably scared. Yeah. Yeah. So they went on ahead and researched this material and fought back. Well, I didn't really have much of an option because they wanted like 60 grand, which we didn't have anything like that at that time. Um, so that wasn't really an option. And then the lawyers and the accountants that I spoke to said I should just make a payment plan. I'm thinking like, so you go to you go to school for six years and you work as a professional and you're licensed just to tell me that I could make a payment plan. That's the most pathetic thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so I threw I threw all them out. <laughs> They're all gone uh, real fast. And uh, so so that was my experience and. I was really shocked when they told me that. Just make a payment plan. I'm like, I'm like, I couldn't fire them fast enough. Um, so the the situation was that when you have a corporation, all corporations, when you get a corporation from the government, the only place that any corporation given to you by the government can be located is in the District of Columbia. And the reason why is because uh, if you look in the Constitution and it says, you know, one of the several states, uh, each of the individual states in the United States of America are separate countries. It's, it's sort of like the EU. It's just that because the cultures aren't very different, people don't realize that. But there are actually 50 different nations. Once upon a time, wasn't this actually the beginning idea of what this United States of America monster has turned into? every country was going to be the state that was formed well it still is technically that's the part where it gets complicated uh there's there's actually two different so so there's two different versions of of each state so there's the original version which is the non-incorporated version which is the nation state the original nation state right and then there is a corporation that was made to represent the state in what what I consider kind of like a very scammy kind of way, such as, and they're always the same name, state <laughs> of California, state of Nevada, state of Texas. Oh, sounds official. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. So state of California, state of Nevada, state of Texas, if you go on Dun and Bradstreet and you pull up the information on these things, they're actually businesses. And the thing is- And Dun and Bradstreet is where you look up businesses. All businesses. Yeah. That's what you go to. And when when the when the when the federal government, which is located only and exclusively in the District of Columbia, creates these businesses, Texas, Tennessee, Florida, California, you are all a business. Stay yeah, well, well, no, well, no, no, no. There's two. There's two. There's two of them, right? So there's the original state, right? Uh, and you can look at a great point. I want to really emphasize this. So I saw, I'm sorry for butting in. But this is the portion where it gets complicated to understand. There is two different Americas. There is the United States of America, and then there is the former America that still exists, but you have been duped into going over as a citizen into the United States of America. That's where Brandon's going to fill in the blank spots here. Yeah, so so there the, the original United States of America is is all of the unincorporated uh, nation states, the several states. And you can actually go onto, let's say like Wikipedia or something like that. And you can look up a lot of information on what the original name of the states were. 
for example, California is the California Republic, right? So California Republic is the actual name of the state and state of California is a private for-profit corporation uh, listed on Dun & Bradstreet as a business. The District of Columbia issued that corporate articles of incorporation. And the thing is the District of Columbia cannot uh, issue anything that is located in any foreign nation state. So state of California is physically located inside the territorial boundaries of the District of Columbia. But when you I'll say that you live in state of California, such as on voter registration, you're not stating that you live in where you think you live. You're stating that you live inside of a corporate zone called state of California, inside. which is physically located in the District of Columbia. Yes, exactly. So, wow, when, what a so stretch. When, so when the Employment Development Department threatened me, I went on this long research project trying to figure out how all that works. So the way it works is when you go to the government to get an article, articles of incorporation, you're getting a, a corporation underneath the government and the government, again, cannot issue any uh, corporations or, or, or business trusts or anything, any corporate entities. They can only, everything that, they, that the, the District of Columbia has ever issued to anybody is all located only and exclusively in the District of Columbia. So what I did was I opened up a private irrevocable trust that, that was never given to me by the government and I never went oh. to the government to get anything, right? Very good. And then all I did was just move all of the assets and all of the money and all of the everything from- So this is the whole business is going into the trust. Yeah. So the corporation's gone and all that remains is the trust. And the Employment Development Department has been spending a lot of time and resources trying to chase after this corporation, which is now completely empty and has been for quite some time, which is hilarious. So I just kind of ignore them now um, because they can they can scratch at the door of an empty house all they want. Uh, it's kind of funny to watch them do it, actually. <laughs> Uh, so that, that is, you the, love it. I know. Yeah. I could tell this gets you hard. Just thinking about it, just <laughs> hearing them outside wailing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the story behind my whole thing and how I got started in this, you know, during that time period, I, I got so into the, all this and I got so interested in all this that I just sort of kept going. And, and I was like, well, uh, there's all these doors that have been opened, but there's all these other doors that I see now that could be opened. And I just said, you know, I want to keep doing this. So I went it's on. It's like the infinity maze. There's another door after every door you open. Yeah. There's always another one. It's like the matrix when they're yeah. in the, that hallway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's the backstory behind it. Yeah. You know? Well, you have walked through a hell of a lot of those doors though. That's right. Yep. I have. And continue to do so. Yeah. And yeah, as time goes on, I just see more and more information coming out. And I want more people to know about it. But they got to start with the basics, which you kind of covered. The United States of America is, you know, it's, it's something to be proud of. I'm a United States citizen. It's not really something to be proud of once you know what it is. And I would like Brandon to start from the top of where he discovered all this and kind of fill us in. I'm way ahead of everybody that's probably going to listen to us. There could be some out there. No, you're getting pretty big. I mean, 
in my opinion, you're making like you. really big podcasts and you're becoming a household name. Like, you know, every yeah, so often you. I can actually find a person that's like they're talking about Brandon Jumley and something. What does he turn it into a star? <laughs> Are you going to be a superstar? You never yeah, be the pickle star. Yeah, you're going to be a shooting pickle. All shooting the pickle. Stuff. There it is. All the way to the stars. I love it. Uh, but yeah, let me stop with uh, brown nosing you. Um, you might get your ego too big. Um, but I'm very, I'm, I'm proud I'm proud of you and you deserve it because you're giving away free material here. So just start us from the beginning. That's all I was, wanted to say is. Yeah, it's real you simple. Give a, you give a very nice intro because of what you had to face. That's how you discovered it. But what is this illusion we all believe in that is the country we live in? Starting yeah, I can explain here. the whole thing pretty simply, actually. Thank um, you. So it all started with the 14th Amendment. So after the Civil War, when we were reconstructing the country after the war, it was pretty ugly. And um, in 1871, 1870, right around then, the 14th Amendment uh, was issued. Now, the 14th Amendment talks about essentially two different types of... It sort of alludes to two different types of citizenship, right? And basically what happened was, as far as I can tell... The people who lived in the states didn't really want the released slaves to have the full, full, full rights of a state citizen or a real American. So what the middle ground was that they came to when they released all the slaves was they created a new citizenship category. And it was very unclear in the 14th Amendment what that was and how it was going to work. Nicely ambiguous. Can't quite figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Then in 1871, there was a series of, of Supreme Court cases called the Slaughterhouse Cases. And in these cases, the Supreme Court uh, really dug into the meaning of the 14th Amendment and they really hashed it out. And they basically finalized the fact that there's two different types of citizenship now. There's the citizen, a federal citizen, and then there's the citizen of a state or a state citizen, which is two entirely different categories. So the federal citizen, uh, basically the, w the way that that operates is at that same time in 1871, uh, just before 1871, two other massive things happened. First and foremost is the incorporation of the government. So the government converted from a non-incorporated original government to an incorporated, essentially foreign style government. Business essentially started as a business. And that comes from the Organic Act of 1871. Uh, and then the, the way that they kind of got the the big the big carrot that they that they stuck out <laughs> to entice you into it uh, was the free uh, public school system. So if you read the Organic Act, there's your benefits. Oh, privilege. Yeah. Oh, privilege. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be taken care of. What do people crave more than anything? Security. I was yeah. That's the number one thing is security for people. So there yeah. you go. They hit them with security. We will give you the privilege of securities if you follow this. Yeah, so that was kind of like what they did. And then the other thing that they did that was really huge during that time period that to this day is still one of the key aspects of how all this works is they redefined the definition of the word person. Mm -hmm. And the word person prior to 1871 meant a human being. It was very simple, man or a woman. Uh, after 1871, and you can find this absolutely anywhere, it's very easy to find this definition. Uh, the definition now includes legal fictions. So, for example, corporations, S-Corps, C-Corps, LLCs, sole proprietorships, trusts, associations, partnerships, organizations, 
all of those things are now considered persons in the law. And you can see that very easily in criminal cases, like for example, state of Minnesota versus John Doe. If you look in the jurisdiction and venue section at the beginning of all those criminal cases, you can see there that it says state of Minnesota is considered a person in the law. And that's how criminal cases are structured, right? Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Person has a much different definition in law. I mean, it's it's not even the same. It's not going to be in your Merriam-Webster dictionary, people. It's going to be in a different dictionary. Well, you can find it even on IRS forms. That that particular definition is very easy to find. You can find it anywhere. You can type in what is the legal definition of person. You get much easier than that. Everybody you can look on out their taxes. You can look on your IRS forms down in the instruction section. They're very clear about the word person and what it means. Um, it's actually the very first definition in the entire definition section of the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, definition, it comes from Title 26, Section 7701, uh, Subsection A1. It's the very first definition that they list there, so the word person. Um, and I believe the definition is... Oh, uh, yeah, almost had it. I was already I think so I know it. That you I think I know it. You know it's the uh, number by. Here, let me let me let That's me awesome obviously if I know it. Uh, a person <laughs> shall be construed to include a corporation, uh, trust, partnership, association. Don't cheat. I think don't look, a, don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Now I'm looking. Now I'm looking. Let's see. <laughs> the term "person" shall be construed to mean and include an individual, a trust, estate, partnership, association, company, or corporation. So I almost had it. Okay, well, you know, anyways, you're getting like a damn computer. You can recite these codes and definitions almost by heart now. Yeah. Wonderful. Keep keep bringing them to us. Thank you. <laughs> so in 1871, you have the creation of the federal citizen versus state citizen. You have the creation of the incorporated government. And you have the redefinition of the word person to include corporations and businesses and all the good stuff. So that's basically when everything shifted and then over time what they started doing is they started opening up businesses for everything every single state every single individual human being so your your name in all capital letters is a business that the corporate that the company the corporation the, the the government corporation opens around two two and a half weeks after you're born when the long form birth certificate is processed at the department of health and human services they do that with states they do that with counties county of los angeles is a business that's located in the district of columbia city of los angeles is a business that is located in the district of columbia county of los angeles is a business that is located in the district of columbia brandon joe williams in all capital letters is a business that is located in the district of columbia all of these things are persons in the law and that is unbelievable basically how this whole thing became real and then what happens is is that you unknowingly identify yourself with a business that does not have any rights yeah but you please tell us how do you get into the trap it's set it's waiting for you how do we all fall right to it it's very simple you're just simply identifying yourself with that business or you're identifying your location with those businesses. And you need to understand that uh, County of Los Angeles, City of Los Angeles, State of California, uh, none of these things are located where you think they're located. Unless, for example, 
let's say you live uh, there's areas of like joshua tree california there's a lot of areas in the desert there's a lot of areas in texas that are not incorporated non-incorporated cities non-incorporated zones that would be different that's good to know that would be different yeah so if you lived in a non-incorporated zone those zones are not uh located in the district of columbia but the way that it really works even beyond that is that don't really have to know with me because i've got 30 around 35 acres i need to find that out yeah, so the way it really works is uh, it all comes down to the definition of the term naturalization. So if we go to 8 U.S.C. 1101, which is uh, Title 8, which is the United States Code, you can just type in 8 U.S.C. 1101 into the Internet. You're going to scroll down. Can't get much better than that. He makes it so easy. Yeah, we scroll down to subsection A23. The term naturalization is really the kind of like how the entire United States operates. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> uh, the term naturalization means the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person after birth by any means whatsoever. So what that means is when you do voter registration and you say on there that you are a u.s citizen uh 28 usc 3002 subsection 15. the definition of the term united states means a federal corporation and then if you look inside of the uniform commercial code article 9 section 307. this is awesome i love how you did a chart you turn this out yeah and then you go down to subsection h in ucc 9-307 and it says location of united states meaning the federal corporation and it says the united states is located in the district of columbia so the way it works is is that through naturalization when you call yourself a u.s citizen and then by the way the word citizen means essentially the the, the actual definition is like citizen <laughs> no it actually mean it what it means is it means it means it means a municipal officer or or employee Oh, so I am an employee of the government. You're an employee of a corporation which acts as though it's the government. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for correcting me because words are everything. You got so the term naturalization means the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person after birth by any means whatsoever. So you have that word person there. And if and you click on it, you can even click on it. Two and things important. Person. And any means, what did it say at the very end? Uh, after birth by any means whatsoever. Any means whatsoever. So the definition of person, and then what do they mean by any means whatsoever? Literally, literally. is the way we're supposed to accept it. Literally. Like there is no trickery there. That means literally any means. So when you say that you are a U.S. citizen on a W-9 form or on your driver's license or on your, your voter registration... Okay. Once you sign that document and you submit it, you legally live in Washington, D.C. There's the trick, folks. It gets a little more complicated because it says here uh, the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person. Now, keep in mind, there's two persons at play here. So you can also ask yourself, which person are they referring to? Are they referring to you as the individual? Or are they referring to the Latin term, which would be the ens legis? The ens legis, which is located... You know, the thing is, the cool thing about naturalization and the cool thing about having this this business that the, that the government made for you is that you can confer 
nationality of a state upon the ends legis after birth by any means whatsoever, which is what we've been doing. So you're in one state, but your business is living in another with the same name. Well, it gets even wilder. You can move your business around whenever you want, as many times as you want. So if you say, if you say, if you say, let's say, let's say I get a bill from the Employment Development Department. And I would just write back to them and I would say, oh, I'm very sorry, but through the process of naturalization, I confer nationality of state of Utah upon the ends legis, Brandon Joe Williams in all capital letters, after birth by any means whatsoever. And you sign it and mail it in. You're, you're, you, the, the business version of your name in all capital letters is now located in state of Utah. So how are they going to tax that? Oh, that, I mean, that's insane. But I mean... You're finding the loopholes through the definitions, through the actual proof in the law, and well, this isn't even loopholes. This is actually this is actually the whatever goal. I'm not doing it's it's the no 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 no. What I mean is that this is you, you everyone everyone believes that. Think about this: you sign all these documents and you do all these things and you go do voter registration and you do all this stuff. Nobody ever. Hardly ever. I mean, the post office, if you get a P.O. box, kind of does it. And there's a few other things. But nobody ever has you prove where you live. Rarely. Occasionally, they will, right? Yeah, bring us a water bill or the electric But that's not really how it works legally. Uh, and in fact, if you are, you you can actually, if, if, if anyone asks for proof of residence, you can actually write on a piece of paper, I confer the nationality of the state of state of California upon Brandon Joe Williams in all capital letters after birth by any means whatsoever. And you can sign it. And if they don't accept that as proof of residence, you can actually sue them and you will win guaranteed. Uh, th Cause this is, this is literally, you have like concrete law that is like, you sure you have to do it though. The thing is, is that the, the problem is that no one is conferring nationality of a state upon themselves because you have to keep in mind is it says there, the conferring of nationality of a state upon a person after birth by any means whatsoever. So it doesn't say anything about like, it has to be something that you control. It has to be a business that you are in control of or a trust that you are a trustee for or a grantor for. It doesn't say anything about that. I mean, literally any anyone can confer uh, nationality of a state upon absolutely any individual or business or trust because the word person includes trusts and businesses and corporations. It's very broad. So the thing is, is that you, you, you can move yourself around whenever you want by conferring nationality of a state upon yourself after birth by any means whatsoever. But what's even more confusing and more chaotic and more hilarious is you can actually, let's say, for example, you want to sue an, a company. And the company is located in state of New York. There's nothing stopping you from renaturalizing that company into state of Utah. You can actually move other companies through the power of naturalization. No one has ever done that. So if you did that in, in the legal world, that would be the first time it's ever happened in all history. I don't think it's ever happened ever. Right. But you're saying it's, by looking through the law, you can you do follow that. it by the word, which you're supposed to when you get down to the nitty gritty of the law. Well, I'm I'm doing it now, but I'm only doing it on my my ends legis and my own stuff. I ha I haven't tested doing well, it on people yet. I don't think you even want to screw with businesses moving around. Why? And no, if it's yours, okay, yeah. If it's yours, then that makes sense. Yeah, that almost everything I'm doing is in federal court, so it doesn't really matter where it's located because it's, it's federal. So if you moved it from state of New York to state of Utah, it wouldn't make any difference anyways. 
Uh, but the thing is, is that it's it's a it's it's a fascinating thing because when you go into the Department of of Motor Vehicles, and it asks you what's your address, and it asks you you know where are you a resident, and it asks you are you a U.S. citizen. What you don't realize is that that is the naturalization process. Like you, you were, are you, you, you can you can come in, you can come in as an illegal alien, quote unquote which is just someone who has not conferred the nationality of a state upon themselves after birth, but I mean, whatever. By the definition. <laughs> so you can, you can walk into, let's say you're in Mexico and you want to come into America. All you do is you just walk right up to the border and you tell... And kill the <laughs> Yeah, you tell, you tell the border agent, you say, I confer the nationality of the state of California upon myself after birth by any means whatsoever. And the thing is, is that they actually literally could not prevent you from coming into the country if you did that, because you are now a naturalized non-citizen national of the state of California. I don't want to steer our conversation off the rails, but you know, I'm in Texas, and right now we have the supposed big deal going down at the Texas border with the National Guard going down there and throwing out the uh, Border Patrol that's federal and taking over and setting up razor wire because thousands of people a day are crossing like they're being shipped over here and then put into other cities don't understand yeah. that i could get into conspiracy theories that's not what you're here for but anyways so with that happening if these people are going by the definition you just shared with us and the ability by any means necessary you can turn into whatever state that that's that's your where you domicile could you walk right across the board and say I'm a Tennessean. I'm a Californian. Yep. Yep. And bam. That and if the Department of State, if you try to get a passport and the Department of State won't give you one, all you do is you just attach a, a little explanatory statement to the DS-11 application form and you say, I confer nationality uh, of the state of Texas upon myself after birth by any means whatsoever. And the thing is that if they, if they were actually doing tests right now and what they're doing is they're they're playing Dom and making us supply additional information, but they are not well, denying they? these passports, right? Now, if they deny these passports, we were probably going to litigate against the Department of State because I know for a fact we can win in litigation. So in litigation, you would get damages, which is basically where you're being denied nationality and services, right? Which is it's going to cost them money. And then they also will be court ordered to issue you a passport. Yeah. Okay. And now, since you brought that up, there's so much of the basics that I still want people to know, but litigation, we must bring up the fact that you have dived headfirst into this topic, and if anybody will look at his website, onestupidfuck.com, <laughs> that's the hard part, is you gotta realize, this guy has self-deprecating humor, it's funny, it's wonderful, it helps you get through a serious subject that a lot of us have pent up tension resentment about anger oh, yeah. so he lightens the load for you as you take it in but it's chock full of so much time and effort you've spent on writing it up to where people can understand this is no bullshit this is true he's telling you legally and lawfully what you can do to work along with this corporate government and with your corporate body and with your free natural body your national, your state national body that you're going to claim. So he can help you find the facts for all this at his website. Again, one stupid fuck, just as it's fun to say, 
Com. And I'll let you go back to what you're doing. Yeah, I have a whole book for free. I have all the dictionaries are free. I have a free course. I got everything. Literally, everything's free. So I, good. The information yeah. is so fucking good, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome job. Thank you. So, uh, so what happened was to go back to the original question. We get kind of off the topic there. Yeah, uh, sorry. The, it's all right. So, in 1871. We have the the slaughterhouse cases. We have the slaves being released. They didn't want them to be full state citizens, so they made this federal citizen category. Now, over time, the federal citizen, which means someone who's an uh, an employee or officer of the corporation, which is located in the District of Columbia. What? Shit makes me laugh. I don't know why, but I I fucking start giggling every time. Uh, That's funny, right? I can't help it. Just go ahead. So the federal citizen category became United States citizen and the state citizen category became the word national. It's not even capitalized. It's just lowercase n-a-t-i-o-n-a-l. That's the actual technical term. So you are a lowercase national. Well, that's, yeah. So the state national thing is just a... I'm sorry you didn't get your uppercase. Yeah, it means the same thing. It's the same thing. But but the actual official terminology from 8 U.S.C. 1101 subsection A21 is national without capitalization, just N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L. So, so a national of what, right? So a national of the California Republic, right? So that's how that's how the terminology, the actual official legal terminology from the United States Code goes where start where it started. Like you're back to being a national of the republic. Okay. Yeah. So you're either a United States citizen or a national, and then if you are a national, you are a national of what? You are a national of california republic a national of texas republic because again in definitions you domicile there yeah so a national is essentially a foreigner but a foreigner that has some sort of a relationship with the government the government please tell me that these nationals don't get restrictions placed upon them well no so free right now as citizens no, so so all the freedoms that Texans love and what a lot of <laughs> and what a lot of Americans are looking for are all found in the national. So a national is an actual American. Okay. A, a US citizen is not. A US citizen is somebody who lives in a foreign corporate zone that operates as a business that's located in the District of Columbia that has corporate bylaws called odes. So a U.S. citizen is essentially like, it's sort of like, uh, let's say you work at American Express. When you go into the American Express building for work and you've got your suit, you've got your tie, and you've got your briefcase, you're under their codes in terms of your behavior, in terms of you can't go around slapping some girl's ass in that building. No, 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 no. you got to follow the rules or you're going to lose your job. Yeah. you got to follow the rules or you're going to lose your job. So it's the same idea. A U.S. citizen... So imagine, imagine working for American Express, but you also live there. Like they have like an upper penthouse or something like that. And there's a bunch of apartments up there and you live there and you just go down the elevator and you're at work and you basically live within the confines of their codes, right? Right. That's essentially what a U.S. citizen is. And a U.S. citizen lives and exists in the District of Columbia through the process of naturalization. 
naturalization is the conferring of a state upon a person after birth by any means whatsoever. Like we first discussed. Yeah, there you go. So you, you, everyone is conferring the nationality of the District of Columbia upon themselves after birth by any means whatsoever. What's so crazy is that when you're asked the question, are you a U.S. citizen? It's, it's the chicken or the egg. Were you a U.S. citizen before you said yes? Or did by saying yes make you a U.S. citizen? And actually the second is the correct way. That's what I would pick. Yeah. You're duped into obviously believing I'm in the United States. So you are not a U.S. citizen until you said that you were a U.S. citizen. And aim a U.S. citizen. <laughs> yeah. So and, it, and you can actually see more about that. If, if people want to see more about that, you can see it. Uh, 42 USC 9102 subsection A18, I believe it is. No, just just 18. There's no A. So, so 42 USC 9102 subsection 18 says United States citizen means A, any individual who is a citizen of the United States by law, birth, or naturalization. So, so naturalization is actually the main way that everyone in America becomes a United States citizen. It's not by... I wouldn't even because... with one or two. Number three does it all. Just say... Number we're... three does it all. Because birth would, birth would only apply if you were born in the District of Columbia. It doesn't really matter anyways because... You, you can change your nationality to anything you want as you move around. So birth wouldn't even really matter anyways. Uh, naturalization is really 99.99% of the importance in terms of how this all works, which is, again... Uh, hey, Brandon, real quick question. Not to knock you off track. Do you need to keep going with what you're doing? No, that's okay. Naturalization. Isn't that what they call it when foreigners... We're coming over here before this whole crossing the border craze that they're talking about. People pay thousands of dollars to get naturalized and learn everything to become a citizen of the country, right? Is uh, that what they so, so, so what I think happened, I'm not totally sure, but what I think happened is they, they set up shop and they make it seem like some kind of government agency or something like that has to be the one to confer nationality of a state upon you after birth by any means whatsoever. But that's simply not true. You do not need the government or any government. I know people who went through this and paid like $10,000 stuff, dude. Yeah, it's considered a service only because people don't... I could set up shop right now and I could have a little embassy... And I could say that I will confer the nationality of a state upon you after birth by Emil Basuera for $10,000. And the thing is, is that that service would be entirely legal and I could actually get passports <laughs> issued. It's all legal. But the thing is, it's, it's ridiculous because you can simply confer nationality of a state upon yourself. It's just a joke that you would need to go to anybody else. It's, again... Anyone can confer nationality of a state upon anyone else. It could be any state, like a made-up state. I could make up a state. Dumpster fuckland state. That's that's how I have the nation of the Amnesty Coalition. So when I confer nationality of a state upon myself, it's the nation of the Amnesty Coalition. 
and, and okay, so, which is a beautiful thing. That which is beautiful. beautiful. And people say, oh, well, you can't do that. Well, the thing is, is that if you look at the UN Declaration of Human Rights uh, and you look at Article 15, Subsection 2, UN Article of Human Rights, this is actually, you can actually uh, uh, write uh, human rights violations, and which is huge. Like Interpol will get involved in this. So Article 15, Section 2 says... No one shall be arbitrarily deprived of his nationality, nor denied the right to change his nationality. So the thing is, is that if you were to write uh, an, an affidavit or, or a letter and you were to say, I confer the nationality of a state called the Nation of the Amnesty Coalition upon myself or my business name that the government gave me in all capital letters, which is two different persons, after birth after birth by any means whatsoever and they say oh no you can't do that that's not legal you can actually report them to interpol even if it's the government you can actually report the government to interpol and you can actually start litigation is interpol more powerful than the government i don't know but i'm just saying i'm just saying there's a lot of things that you Either steps you could go it's international it's an international human rights violation for anyone to deny you naturalization if someone denies you naturalization it is an international human rights violation and it could actually be under extreme circumstances it could actually be interpreted as international terrorism which is actually covered in the united states code fuck that you don't want that tag on you yeah so the thing is is that you can actually uh file a complaint with the united nations you can file a complaint with uh, Interpol, you can file a complaint. You can file a lot of different complaints because the thing is, is that it's entirely illegal to prevent you, stop you, or mitigate your ability to naturalize anywhere or anything to anything you want under any name. There is no, there's an illusion that, that there's been a lot of money spent to create. And that illusion is that there are only X amount of nations or states on this planet. And that is entirely false. Uh, a nation, the legal definition of the term nation, is literally any group that has good internal tranquility and that shares external tranquility with external groups. That is the actual legal definition of the word. It's all about being peaceful. Yeah, you have to be peaceful. So if you're not, if you're not a peace, uh, then you are not considered a nation. And that's basically the the only element that that you really have to have in order to be legally internationally classified under the definition of the term nation, right? So the nation of the Amnesty Coalition fits all the definitions and all the legalities of that. And if you look at uh, 18 U.S.C. 11, 18, 18 U.S.C. 11 uh, mirrors all of the information that I've talked about so far. It says the term foreign government includes any government, faction, or body of insurgents within a country with which the United States is at peace, irrespective of recognition by the United States. So in order to have your own foreign government or your own nation does not require absolutely any official recognition at all whatsoever. So again, if you create your own nation and you naturalize into that nation and it is unaccepted, you can actually file federal lawsuit and you can actually get damages for discrimination. You can get damages for international terrorism. You can get damages for all sorts wow. of things. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. This is crazy. Okay, you're blowing my mind, dude. That's how it works. That's how all this works. And, and what's funny is that people are already doing this. 
this is what people are doing. When they say yes to U.S. citizen, they just became a U.S. citizen through naturalization. When they say that they reside in state of California, they just naturalized into a corporation that's located in the District of Columbia. So they're they're doing it. They just... I'm explaining that of which everyone is doing all the time and not knowing that they're doing it. Is there any way you could say that I have been coerced or duped into doing this and this is illegal what's been done to me now that I know the truth? It's 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 a little bit more along the lines of when you file your documentation to change all of this. If they were to try to stop you, that would probably be more likely where litigation would come into play. Because the thing is, is that we're finding that when you do these things and you file these things, uh, they don't ever give you any problem. And that's the part that's so shocking. So why make it a problem? Well, it's it's like what I'm suggesting. You you can go to the the IRS and you can file for an EIN number for a private irrevocable trust and you can put on there the nation of the Amnesty Coalition foreign foreign nation called the Amnesty Coalition. So I they'll give you they'll give you a fucking EIN. Okay, cool. It's unbelievable. Like like you're you're sitting there and you're signing the document and you're sweating and you're nervous and you send it in and they'll issue you a fucking EIN and, and they'll yeah, issue yeah, you passports. They'll issue you passports. They'll issue you. I mean, it's it's. They really don't. We are not running what? into what? What? Wait, wait, yep. wait. This is like, okay, I missed this somewhere, Brandon. I'm. I thought I was caught up with you. This process seems like you could fast forward from the very beginning where I started learning from you. You're saying you could expedite the process by starting with the EIN number. No, you can get an EIN number, you can get a passport, you can get anything with this information. You can you can simply confer the nationality of a state upon yourself or the ens legis uh, after birth by any means whatsoever within the actual documentation. So, for example, when you're trying to get a passport, everyone trying to get a passport is begging. They don't realize they're doing it, but this is essentially how it works. You're begging the Department of State to confer the nationality of a state upon you after birth by any means whatsoever. That's how they can deny your passport. When you confer nationality of a state upon yourself after birth by any means whatsoever. So, so for example, we have a ta- we have a, I have a free giveaway that I have on my website called an explanatory statement. Inside that document, it says very clearly I am hereby conferring the nationality of the state called the Nation of the Amnesty Coalition upon myself after birth by any means whatsoever. Nothing in this document or the DS-11 form should be construed to think or, or infer that I am asking for the Department of State or any other agency to confer absolutely any nationality of any state upon me or my ends legis after birth by any means whatsoever. Uh, this this is already a done deal. This is a completed activity and is a fully integrated into my life. And I am simply informing the Department of State of that of which has already been completed. When you word it like you that, you're following it with the clerk, like you're getting a notarized. No, yeah, just or? just normal, just like anybody else. You do a DS11, you attach that document, and you fill out the DS11 in a certain way. Now the thing is, is that they physically cannot deny that application and if they do you can litigate and you will win you'll win a passport and you'll win damages for wasting your time every time because you know the laws for it yeah of course it's very simple right i know you can point straight to the law where they would end up having to pay 
You're good about stuff like that. I run I run circles around the passport office. I mean, absolute circles around these people because they don't know. They don't know. Like every single pass, a lot of the passport people, they truly believe that in order to get a passport, you have to be a U.S. citizen. But there's like three or four sections in the United States code that are very, very clear. That is entirely false. The only thing that you have to have in order to be qualified to, to get a United States passport is you have to have allegiance to the United States. It literally says allegiance, whether a citizen or not. It says that right in the definition. Uh. You can find all this. <laughs> oh, sorry. If you go to, uh, I can actually list these right now on your show because I think people who are new to this won't believe me. So let me just pull this up real quick. In my explanatory statement, which is free on my Nation of the Amnesty Coalition page. I have these various references. For example, one that's very shocking to people. I mean, all of this is very shocking to people. But Oh, it is. One that's very, very shocking to people is 22 Code of Federal Regulations, Section 51.2. So you can just type that into the internet. You can type in 22 CFR 51.2. And the name of this section is called Passports Issued to Nationals Only. And you can read subsection A. It says a passport may be issued only to a U.S. national. So citizenship has literally nothing to do with the passport. Now, to clear so up... anybody can get a passport. Well, then you have to... Okay, what's a U.S. national? The, the, the answer to that, the definition for that, is in 8 U.S.C. 1101 subsection A22. So now we're going to go over to that, and it says here, the term national of the United States means a, a citizen of the United States, or b, a person who, though not a citizen of the United States owes permanent allegiance to the United States. So then we go on to the next really mind-blowing thing here. We have permanent allegiance. Permanent allegiance. Now, the word permanent does not mean what you think it means either. There's a special definition for that, too. Oh, oh, I'm the, sure word permanent, the word oh. permanent means, the word permanent means um, can be ended by either the individual or the government whenever they want. So the word permanent actually doesn't really mean anything. Not quite permanent. It's not permanent at all. You can actually remove the word permanent because when you look up the specialized definition they use in Title VIII, uh, it doesn't mean what you think it means. So you can actually just, it's literally just allegiance. Whether temporary, permanent, doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Now, if you go to, um, here's another here's another section that, that backs this up as well. 22 United States Code, Section 212. Uh, this section is entitled Persons Entitled to Passport. It says here, no passport shall be granted or issued to or verified for any other persons than those owing allegiance, whether citizens or not, to the United States. Wow. Very, very, very clear. It, very, yeah, I was going to say, it's crystal clear. Crystal no, clear. Nobody knows. Even the passport office, sometimes they send out these goofy letters to people, and they say, you know, uh, here at the passport office, we can only issue passports for U.S. citizens. That is entirely false. 
entirely false. And you can actually- You got the statutes you just looked at. Was it a statute? Yeah, three of them. So the thing is, is that you absolutely positively do not need to be a citizen of the United States in order to be issued a passport. Now, passports are good for 10 years. Now, the cool thing about this is, if you look at an I-9 employment eligibility verification form, there's a section, uh, there's a there's a there's a column section. If you go scroll down a little bit on the form, and it says here, lists of acceptable documents. It says here, employees may present one selection from list A, or a combination of one selection from list B and one from list C. Now this is to be uh, approved to work. Okay, list A. Documents that establish both identity and employment authorization. Number one, the very first thing listed, U.S. passport or U.S. passport card. So when you confer nationality of a state upon yourself after birth by any means whatsoever, and you become what's called a non-citizen national of the United States, and you pledge allegiance to the United States, but you are not a citizen of the United States, you will, not can, you will be issued a passport. A passport is all you need to work and to open up bank accounts and to exist entirely and completely within the current framework of the United States. You do not need a social security number. You do not need a green card. You do not need absolutely anything else at all whatsoever. You confer nationality of a state upon yourself after birth by any means whatsoever. You fill out the DS-11 form. You get your passport and your passport card. I carry around a card. It's much easier. Uh, you get both it. when you do this. I get both. Right. You, you, I mean, cost a little get, extra. They get both. Yeah. Yeah. So on the DS-11, very few people know this. You can get a passport book or a passport card. And you can actually get, there's two different types of books too. There's a regular book and there's the, the big book, the large book, the expanded book. I've never even seen one with my own eyes. Um, apparently it's just a much larger version of the book. And um, you can get both. So there's like, it says book, card, or both. And you can do both. And it's like an extra 60 bucks or 80 bucks to get the card. The card looks like a driver's license. Now it gets yeah, even it, more exciting, right? Because the thing is, let's say, for example, you would like to drive using your passport. And you don't want to go and get a driver's license, which you don't need at all whatsoever. The reference you would use on that is 18 USC 1545. Safe conduct violation it says here. Whoever violates any safe conduct or passport duly obtained and issued under authority of the United States shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. So what that means is if you issue a passport to a police officer, if you issue a passport to a police officer and they violate your safe conduct that you may be engaged in, which is just driving around in your car or doing whatever you're doing, you can prosecute that police officer for 18 USC 1545. And if you, if you are successful, that police officer will go to prison for up to an entire decade for violating your passport. The fine and the jail sentence, either one or both is, or both is atrocious, but nobody knows they have the rights to that. Nobody understands that. Well, everyone and anyone anywhere on the entire planet can get a U.S. passport. And when you get a U.S. passport, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. 
And, and honestly, in fact, in fact, everything else is just kind of like a burden. I wouldn't even bother. Uh, Keep it simple. Yeah. You can get you, you when you when you get your bank account, you're going to get a non-U.S. person bank account. They will open it for you. You can call them up beforehand and say, "Hey, do you guys open non-U.S. person bank accounts?" Yeah, sure. You go in. You're going to use your passport number. You don't need a social security number. You don't need a social security number to do anything. In fact, I don't even. The social security number is attached to the ends legis. It's not attached to you at all. So I don't even I don't even use mine anymore. I went into the social security administration and got all that all adjusted and 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 that contract's all adjusted and I don't even use it anymore because it's not your social security number doesn't actually it's not actually connected to you as a living man. It's actually connected to the ends legis. So when you use it, you're identifying yourself as a business. So in fact, you really shouldn't even you 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 should live your life as though you don't have a social security number because you as as the living man walking around on this earth it, it you actually don't have one it's it's your business that has one so the thing is, is that by coming into the country or being in this country and only having a passport and not having anything else including a driver's license or a social security number or anything else you're actually going to get a lot of benefits from the government without all the downfalls taxation's gone you're not paying taxes only citizens pay taxes you don't need a driver's license. Uh, the driver's license is how they write tickets. So without a driver's license, they can't write tickets. It's much harder to prosecute you in a, in a, in a court of law because you don't fall underneath a lot of the guidelines of a U.S. citizen. Uh, the amount of benefits and the way that your life will, will work and exist is far, far, far above any U.S. citizen, which is why you're seeing all of these, quote, illegal aliens getting all of these, quote, benefits coming into the country they aren't illegal aliens. They're non-citizen nationals, just like me. They're probably teaching them right as they walk across the border. Maybe, because if they if they teach them and they do this with them, then they can create this whole media atmosphere of, of chaos and destruction, which is what they're trying to do for whatever reason, because what you're seeing in the media is is completely and entirely not how this works at all. You could have someone at the border just conferring all they need is the name and they get the name and then they just confer nationality of the state of Texas upon that individual after birth by any means whatsoever. They're now naturalized. So they can just naturalize people right there at the border. Boom, you're naturalized. Boom, you're naturalized. Boom, you're naturalized. And they can just do that with every single person that crosses the border and they're all legal. There's no illegal aliens at all. It's amazing when you get down to deciphering all this different language and laws. You find out a lot. And they can even issue them passports. And the way they, they would issue them passports is they would say, do you pledge allegiance to the United States? Yes. Boom. They're now eligible for a passport instantly. It's it's so easy to get involved with the system. Yeah. It's a simple check mark in a box. Yep. That's all but it is. We've all been suckers for it. Every single one of us. Yeah. And nation, nationals do not have a tax liability. That's a whole other subject, which I'm not going to get into now. We've been going for a while. But uh, no taxes. How about that? No taxes. State nationals don't have to pay taxes. You know, well, you're not a taxpayer. So you have to be very specific on the terminology because people can get in trouble. The term taxpayer comes from 26 USC 7701 subsection A14. The definition, which I have memorized. It means any person who is subject to any internal revenue tax. Now, again, the word person means uh, individual or organization. So the thing is, is that if you are not located in the District of Columbia or in any corporation that is located in the District of Columbia, then you are not by definition in the United States. You are a non-citizen national. 
A non-citizen national would not be a taxpayer because a non-citizen national is not subject to any internal revenue tax. So you wouldn't say you don't pay taxes. You would say you don't have a tax liability because you do not fall under the definition of taxpayer. That is the entirely legal, correct, proper, and, and you would say that terminology in a court of law and you would instantaneously win everything under the sun when it stars. Because when you say I'm not paying taxes or you don't have to pay taxes, that's very, you have to be very careful with terminology because that infers that you had a tax liability of which you did not pay. When you, when you word it like that, you can get yourself into a bit of a bind, right? It's all about words. This is a big thing you found out by your studies. Words mean everything. So you got to pay attention and learn this stuff, folks. You can't just go say, hey, Brandon has taught me a lot and I'm just going to wing it. No, that ain't how it works. This is one of those situations where it's better to overlearn first before you begin. I would say most other subjects in life go learn by some failure. This is not one where you learn by failure. Learn everything he's talking about first by the words, by their definitions, the structures, the way the syntax are put in before you make a move. Yeah, I think different moves like you are discussing here, which may be more advanced for some people. You need to know what you're talking about because somebody is going to come back at you. The majority of oh, the shockingly, no, shockingly, no, that, that, that's actually not even true. Shockingly, you, you can, you can fuck up all sorts of things and you can do all sorts of goofy things with this and, and they will, you'll never, there's, they don't, they don't come after you. They don't do anything. They don't, it's, it's because of the way you approach it. That's no, not sick. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like, there's a lot of stupid shit. I see a lot of stupid shit. And even with all the stupid shit and all the craziness, I don't ever, hardly ever see any real. Because the sovereign citizens, I always see turning shit into a huge mess. Well, that's so. because the, the those people uh, uh, are very, very hostile and violent, and um, they're they're they they behave as though they're psychopathic. And then what happens is then now anyone who studies the law, anyone who who tries to apply the law according to the way the law is, is stated, gets somehow categorize in with these people who are actually psychopaths i have no disagreement with that i have no disagreement with the fact that there's a lot of people that are behaving in a way that is psychopathic and and if the government wants to now you also got to think too if you are if you are still labeled a citizen or u.s citizen and you haven't gone through and cleaned that up if you're behaving as though you are sovereign which means a foreigner but you're still filed and naturalized as a citizen you actually would fall within the categorization of a completely insane term, which is two words that mean the polar opposite of the term sovereign citizen. So the thing is, is that the first thing you want to do is you want to annihilate and eliminate all these points of which were you have naturalized into the District of Columbia as a citizen. Now, at that point, if someone calls me a sovereign citizen, the thing is, is that you can't call me a citizen because as per 18 USC 911, if I call myself a citizen or anyone else calls me a citizen, it's a felony up to three years in prison. So if someone calls me a sovereign citizen, that is I how I respond. That's how I respond. Whoa, you better be careful. You can't call me a citizen. Because if you do, 18 USC 911 says that if you're prosecuted, it's up to three years in prison for falsely representing yourself as a citizen of the United States. Jesus. I cannot do that. I cannot... And that's how I handled the Social Security Administration. 
because they were they were treating me like I was a sovereign citizen. And I said, you know, as per 18 U.S.C. 911, I can't have any documentation here stating that I am a citizen of the United States. And as per 18 U.S.C. 4, if I find out that you guys are putting citizen on anything, that I have to report it. Otherwise, I'm guilty of it as an accessory. 18 U.S.C. 4 states that if you are uh, cognizant of a felony, you have to report it to a court of the United States. Otherwise, you're complicit. You're Otherwise, you're complicit, and they'll, yeah. they'll hit you with the same with the same felonies for knowing about it, and not reporting it. So I say, uh, oh. if 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 you don't take the word citizen off of all these documents, I will report under 18 uh, 18 USC four. I will report uh, a felony violation of 18 USC 911, and that's when the Social Security Administration started to follow my orders. And I had already been there twice and I already sent them a bunch of documents and they were ignoring everything and trying to ignore me. That was the point when they finally processed the documents and gave me evidence. And that's when I completed my transaction with the Social Security Administration, which, by the way, is the only group or, or government entity that I've ever had even the slightest bit of a problem with. Department Social of State. Security Administration. IRS, the only everything problem. else has been super easy. Passport's been been a breeze. Everything's been a breeze. The Social Security Administration was the only, and, and that's probably just really the one you thing. need that Social Security guard coming in the future since it's attached to the corporate fiction. Who is you? I am a strong proponent of the fact that you should collect up all of the contractual agreements or things that you signed, especially if it involves some sort of naturalization. And you should at least send some sort of clarification letter or affidavit to each individual entity. And you should go through and try your best to clean up all of these previous contracts. Otherwise, you leave yourself open to being contracted in one way on certain contracts and then being contracted another way on other contracts, which is why my free course is called the Contract Killer Course. And the contract killer course, I don't, do you have a hard time that you need to cut off, Brandon? Because I didn't ask you at the beginning. No, no, we can go for a little bit longer. Okay, I'm just making sure. Oh, hit us with the synopsis quick about contract killer. What does it cover? Um, just tell it however you would tell it. Because it's a, it's a free course this guy is giving out. His blood, sweat, and tears, his hard work went into this. And you get a comedy sideshow at the same time while you get to learn about the laws, what, how they really work. So how can it get any better than that? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it was shot. It was shot about a year and a half ago. So like the way I describe things is a lot sloppier and more loose because I, it, it, you know, over the last year and a half, I've yeah. really tightening everything up. But but it has a lot of really great information. It doesn't really matter. It's it's twenty four right. hours of material over the course of thirty nine days. It's free and it's one video per day for thirty nine days. That's the free contract killer course. Yeah, and it, it covers all sorts of, I mean, just so many, way more than what we've covered in this show. But right, he'll tell you how, how can you not pay taxes? He'll tell you how to get rid of a driver's license and be able to drive without being worried that you're breaking the law. He'll teach you how to take care of registration on vehicles. He'll talk to you about every contract that you have in your life that ties you to the federal government, which is the District of Columbia, which is registered on whatever brad street you Sorry, said brad street just just to cover tickets for like two seconds because i've actually oh, figured this out everybody loves this i clarified this a lot recently i had a huge breakthrough on this so what a ticket is in in, in its most basic form is it's a complaint the word complaint means lawsuit 
When you file a lawsuit, you're filing a complaint. It's the same thing. So a ticket is a teeny tiny little micro lawsuit, okay? And what that micro lawsuit is in its most basic form is it's a lawsuit for breach of contract. You've contracted yourself into state of California through naturalization. Because you have mm. contracted into state of California through naturalization, there is a series of corporate bylaws or codes that you have to follow. A ticket is a complaint for breach of contract. So the thing is, is when you annihilate all of the points of naturalization and you annihilate all of the contracts where you naturalize, such as with the EDD, such as with local tax departments, such as with the voter registration is a really nasty one, which is why they push voter registration so hard and they advertise it so hard and they make it so easy. Oh, please. Uh, Everybody wants to keep that privilege. You you can still vote if people, I know a lot That's of people. That's great for you to remind people too. You can yeah, yeah. still become a state. In my, in, my course, in my course, I teach you how to sort of loophole that to where you kill the contract, but you can still vote, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I think voting it's is worthless, people- but- it, it, me and you are on the same page, but some people think it's so important that you vote to reassure them that they can still do this process and you can show them how to maintain the ability to vote, even and though you're not a United States citizen anymore. Okay, that'll make some people happy. That's why I teach it, because it's like people are... So the way that you... It's very simple. The way that you get out of voter registration but still be able to vote is you you sign the voter registration by, uh, without prejudice, which means basically that you're 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 reserving all of your rights. Below that, you're going to say by colon, and then you're going to sign your name, and then below that, you're going to say for, and then colon, and then you're going to write your name in all capital letters, which is a different person than you are. It's a totally separate person. So you're not signing yourself up for voter registration. You're actually signing the ends legis or the business name up. So the business is actually going to be the person that is voting and you can actually do it that way they will accept it and now you don't naturalize into the state of california you're just naturalizing your ends legis into the state of california and that is how you can vote vote without naturalizing yourself into and that's why it's kind of cool like a lot of people have a lot of information out there on the internet about how horrible this whole is and how horrible it is that you have an all caps business I don't consider it that way at all because you can use the all cast business for all sorts of fun, uh-huh. exciting things. Exactly. That's the a good point. The all name is a person. So the way that the law works in America is you can imagine yourself as two bodies. One is the human body and one is the corporate body. And you control both bodies. It's like having two bodies. Imagine, imagine if you're, you're a spirit and you had two bodies and you had to steer around two bodies all the time. That's essentially the way that the law is structured. And when you understand how that works, you can use that corporate body in a lot of really fun, interesting ways that benefit you dramatically. That is such a great point. That is such a great point. Because a lot of people just want to erase the straw man. Get yeah. ahead of them. Um, I'm not going to deal with my straw man no more. Fuck that. There's- no, no, that's, I think that's no, a don't I have a big mistake. You aren't. First off, you aren't getting rid of that thing. There's no fucking. You can thing. leverage it. Leverage, you can leverage it. Everything in this world. Leverage. Corporations. Corporations give you limited liability in, in commercial activity too. I I'll push the the ends legis up ahead and and sign on behalf of the ends legis all the time. On all sorts. Yeah. 
You first. It's Operation uh, Operation uh, uh, Human Shield, but Operation Non-Human Shield. Uh, they get beheaded, but I'll be okay. So that's kind of a... It, it's a beautiful thing. You can get a lot of protection uh, by using the ends lead just in the proper way. Right? It's, it's wonderful that you enlighten people to that. I think everybody should know that too because you'll get into portions of this and you'll start thinking survival mode. What are all the different routes? Somebody's going to come and get me. That's the way everybody's going to think. It's going to scare people away. Even I haven't taken all the steps I need to. I admit, I've been a pussy. So what? I still know the information and I'll do it in due time. And you will too, because there is no mistaking what the law is when he shows it to you. So a ticket... A ticket is essentially a a complaint or lawsuit for breach of contract. So the cool thing about a about a ticket is, let's say you're going 500 miles an hour in a 20 or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter. That's a little fast, dude. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. You could be you could be you know this that unsafe star. Didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, just driving fast like I'm on the autobahn. Okay, we're really really simple. Still. It's really, really simple. All you do is is you want to know from the court and from the from the from the police officer of which you can cross examine and you can do all sorts of fun things and you can write interrogatories in the court and do all fun things. You want to find out what contract naturalized you into the corporation called State of California that that makes the police officer and the court believe that I am underneath the corporate bylaws in order to even break the corporate bylaws at all. That's the questions that you want to ask, right? And the cool thing about that is that if you if they start digging out contracts that you failed previously to kill, they're handing you exactly the information that you need to now kill those contracts. And now you can kill those contracts live right in the lawsuit. And then you oh. can submit that the, that evidence to the court showing them that you've what you're doing is forcing the court and the police officer to establish a jurisdictional aspect why is it what 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 contract uh was there that now allows you to write me a complaint for breach of contract yeah. anything they give you you just kill it and then you submit the evidence into the court and then you re-ask the original question again Okay, I've killed this, and I've killed this, and I've killed this. Now, here's the evidence. Now I'm going to ask the question again. What previous contract was there that that allowed the officer or the state to believe that they can write a complaint for breach of contract for a traffic violation? If they can't supply you with anything else, that's it. They have to, the whole thing falls apart. There is no, there is no court case. There is no traffic violation. It doesn't exist. Simple as that. And you can actually counterclaim. You can actually counter sue for having your time wasted. So you can actually make money by having tickets written on you. And you can do it without a lawyer. You can do it without a lawyer. You do not need a lawyer. A lawyer is just going to make this more difficult because they're going to say you can't do it. They're going to call you a sovereign citizen. They're going to do all this dumbass shit because they're so scared about their bar card, which means nothing. You don't need a lawyer to do any of this. In fact, if you take one on, it's going to make this much more difficult. Lawyers can actually detract from the actual natural rights of a person can't they yeah by taking on a lawyer you're the way that the the way that the law works is when you take on a lawyer you're essentially saying uh, i'm a retard i'm a retard i can't 
You're saying you're saying I can't present yeah, myself. Yeah, I admit to that all the time. Yeah, I can't present myself here. I can't communicate myself. I can't stand on my opinions and stand on my beliefs. I need someone else to do it for me. And and what happens is if you look up the definition of the term client in a body of law called corpus juris secundum, it says right in there, the term client means an infant or person of unsound mind. So when you That's become a retard. client, it's, it's, it's a child or a retard. That's essentially okay. And the word retard has a legal definition as well, which is very fascinating. It's, it's, Thank it's, you. So we can't just erase it from our addiction, people. We've got to keep it alive. Everybody's like retard is so bad to say anymore. Yeah, retard, retard essentially Girl. means somebody who can't really communicate themselves. They can't really communicate their needs, their desires, their concerns on, on like a regular basis. Yeah, it is somebody special. They need help, okay? They're, they're not mentally sound enough to take care of themselves. Brandon just gave you this definition of what would be called a retard. That is what you are calling yourself when you hire a lawyer. Just imagine that. Yes. You're saying, you're saying I can't. So let's say, let's say you have a, a mountain man and he's out there and he's cut, cutting wood. He's putting wood in there and he kind of lives by himself and he never talks to anyone. And someone goes to his home and tries to talk to him and he can't really communicate at all. He's just very, very poor socially, but he's okay with that. That'd be a really interesting situation because it wouldn't necessarily, it'd be a very, very interesting legal conversation to see if that person could be classified as a retard because they're, they're by themselves, they're doing their own thing, they're self-sufficient. Yeah, they can't communicate, but it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Now, no, now biologically, he, he is staying alive. Yeah. He's so doing just, fine. just get the hell out of his way. Well, as long as he's not harming other people let's say for example now he cuts a tree down and it falls over onto someone else's home now what happens is now that person would be pulled into a court and then now because they can't communicate and they've created this bad situation now it would be a situation where they can get slapped with a retard label if they can't communicate themselves at all but up until that point, they would technically probably fit the definition of a retard, but they wouldn't really be able to be labeled a retard by the court because they, there, there hasn't been any jurisdiction established as to why they would even be there in the first place. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. You could really hatch up some ideas to test the law and the theories in between everything. If you yeah, as long as game. you can communicate yourself and as long as you can ask questions and as long as you can clarify different things and clarify various points and clarify various positions and clarify various contracts and supposed breaches of those contracts, uh, you wouldn't be an infant or a person of unsound mind. And that's how. <laughs> and so you you would not you would not need a lawyer, nor would you want to have a lawyer, because by having a lawyer, you are saying you are an infant or person of unsound mind. Okay, and above and beyond that. Do you lose any rights from this lawyer taking over for you and yeah, representing you, you? Yeah, you can't claim that you have any rights when you take on a lawyer because because retards and children don't necessarily have human rights. That's kind of how right. it works. Yeah, so that's why the the your 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 lawyer can sign you into prison. If you don't have a lawyer, oh, then nice. you have to sign yourself into prison, which is always an interesting it's an interesting uh, situation. So. Ooh. The lawyer, the lawyer, every single person that's ever gone to jail, the lawyer signed all the bond paperwork on behalf of the individual. That's how it worked. 
and he was really trying to help. So I'm just wondering here, the conflict of everybody gets in trouble. Everybody hires a lawyer. Is there a solution to that? Well, that's the problem. Yeah, that's, that's the whole, you will not find a lawyer. That's really gonna do everything for you because he is kind of in some synergy caught up with the prosecution, the judge, all the system in general. The lawyer is an officer of the court and it, it, it literally in corpus juris secundum, it says, uh, in, in very clear words that the, the number one priority for the lawyer is always the court, not the client. I believe That's it's the radical. number number one is the court, number two is the public, and number three is the client. I believe is the exact. That is radical, and I'm sure your uh, recitement of the definition is probably pretty damn good, because you seem to be on everything else. Um, wow. So when you start suing other people, and you start suing the Department of State to get your passport, and you start suing all these different organizations, such as the Department of Motor Vehicles, if they you know refuse to. Uh, take back your driver's license or if they do any goofiness where they say that you're required to have a driver's license and you want to sue them for damages for that because that's that's actually slavery it's insane uh when you when you go in uh you're you're going to be doing it all as the plaintiff which means the person suing another person you're going to list the department of motor vehicles as the defendant and uh you are not going to have a lawyer at all and you're going to do it all yourself and that's actually a course that i'm working on now called the pro se litigant course and uh, I'll probably have that course released at the, you know, before the end of this year. And it's going to be a full step-by-step -step guide on how to... You can't keep giving these away for free, dude. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be free. Yeah. I'm going to go off topic for one second, just to dive into you. Why are you doing everything for free? I, I believe you are a humble, good guy. I really do. But there is a bigger picture. You're building a brand. I see the beautiful pickle painting there. <laughs> so, I mean, there is a brand emerging. There is a star, like I said in the very beginning, emerging and shooting through the sky here. So, I don't know if we're halfway there or we're 25% of the way there, but I see it going up too. What's your big picture giving away all this value? Because this is fuckloads of value this guy's giving you for free of his blood, sweat, and tears. You got to make money somewhere. So, so I, you know, it's not, not this, this wasn't in the free course. It came later, um, all about the infinite money and all that kind of stuff. And like a lot of my research on that, we're, we're really cracking into this thing real good. I've already discharged probably $400,000 in debts. Uh, you know, I don't pay, I'm not a taxpayer. I don't have a tax liability, so I don't pay any, I'm in California, uh, California Republic. So, you know, uh, if I was living in, if I was residing in state of California, I would have to pay sales tax and state tax <laughs> because I it's, don't reside in the state of California. I reside, I, I domicile in uh, California Republic because of the way that I'm established uh, legally and I operate through private irrevocable trusts that are also located in either the California Republic or the nation of the Amnesty Coalition. Uh, I don't have a tax liability. I don't have a sales tax liability. I don't have a state tax liability. I don't have a city tax liability. I do not have a sales tax liability. And I do not have a federal income tax liability. I do not have any of those liabilities at all. Uh, the only taxes that I 
don't have a liability for, but I pay only because the necessity to try and not pay them is too difficult, are things that are uh, built into goods, such as gas tax, cigarette tax, liquor tax, these kinds of things, because it would require me to go through a tremendous amount of paperwork and strange, difficult relations, yeah. right? So there's so many transactions made and stuff. How do you do that? But for example, like on Amazon, I am sales tax exempt for life. Uh, there's two different columns. There's so you've made an effort there to do it with some things. Well, set sales tax. I don't ever pay sales tax. I only pay sales tax at like restaurants and shit. And that's only if they don't know me because I don't want to make a scene and make it all complicated. But any right. large purchases, any large purchases, I am sales tax exempt. So uh, don't have to worry about that. And I'm sales tax exempt on Amazon. And there's two different columns on the sales tax exemption. There's when the sales tax exemption was started and when it ends. And and mine, when it says when it ends, it just has a line through it. There is no end. I, I'm sales tax exempt for, for life Wow, on Amazon. And I get paid through my Google ads. I get paid through my YouTube monetization. Every, it's all tax-free. Uh, everything is completely exempt i'm exempt from all things because i don't have a tax liability because i am not a taxpayer and i forgot to mention at the very beginning you're you're a, a lawyer in fact yeah that runs a actual lawyer group now you've got a group of individuals working with you as a team and yeah. you can help other people out if they don't want to spend the time effort and energy on learning your free material they just want the results they want the help now well, they can go to Williams and Williams. Is that correct? Is that the name? Yeah, I'm not really taking on any more clients right now because I have too many. Okay. Uh, Sorry so about that. that's all right, no problem. But <laughs> but and and the other thing is too is I don't work with anyone unless they're already pretty well self-educated and then they're like very strongly self-educated. So I even have like celebrities and stuff that call me and they want kind of like a turnkey solution. I won't do it. Uh, it's not a good idea to just do all this for someone because as soon as they get even just one letter from literally anyone, they scream to high heaven and they freak out and they start sweating and they want your attention immediately and they're crying and their their family life exploding and everything's exploding and their whole life is in fire. So it's very stupid. Yeah. Very, very stupid. Th this, this information and all the things I've talked about on this show require that you can have assistance from others, true, but uh, you should never involve yourself in some sort of turnkey solution. That is a disaster for the person offering the service. And it's also a disaster for the person paying for the service. I, I do not recommend that anyone try to purchase any turnkey solutions. Anyone offering you a turnkey solution, I wouldn't even get involved with them at all. I wouldn't even listen to their material because I think it's it's... I wouldn't go so far as to call it dangerous necessarily. It's dangerous in the fact of... It could be. No, it's dangerous in the fact of your own emotional stability more so than it is between... Ah, you explained that very well throughout your course, that this is not about revenge because you're going to get pissed. You're going to get upset when you learn everything Brandon teaches you. I promise you, I did too. And uh, when that happens, he make sure and impresses upon you this whole movement is not about revenge it's about learning and bettering yourself as a human being and he makes a great point i believe about impressing that upon the folks that will be learning because it's going to be your first move you're going to want to be pissed you're going to want to talk shit to every cop you're going to want to send hate mail to the irs 
Um, and it's not going to help you out. It's actually going to fuck you is what it's going to do. Yeah. Playing it that like he, his name is the coalition, the amnesty, right? Yeah. I mean, that's for a reason. He's at peace. Yeah. And he wants to do things the right way at peace with everybody. And it makes all this go so much smoother. That's one of the things that I really pulled from your course was no matter what I was learning, however much it pissed me off, you said, don't, it's not about getting pissed. You had fun. You made jokes. You certainly, you did all sorts of stuff in the course to make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, uh, you did reinforce the fact this isn't about getting pissed and like, let's go to civil war. It's about doing it the correct way, lawfully, and anybody can if they're willing to put in the time, effort, and energy. Or if they just want to pay you the ass of money or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, it's, it's getting simpler and simpler and simpler and simpler. Everything that I taught in the course is a lot easier for me to teach now. Uh, a lot more resources are available. Everything's a lot more streamlined. We've got tons and tons of evidence and proof of all sorts of wildness and almost everything in the entire course. We have tons and tons of case studies and 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 just so many things uh and those good ghost people need proof everybody's like okay dude brendan talks a great game where the fuck's the proof man i heard lots of people say shit wesley snipes went to jail man yeah i'm actually uh do you not hear that shit all the time uh yeah i mean it's it's you know we we're 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 entering into a very very huge shift that's occurring right now in this whole world actually not just this country uh, a lot of countries actually because i have a huge international audience now which is really fun uh there are a lot of countries that are that are in the same boat belgium being one of the biggest ones which is so random but that's just that kind of is belgium is huge in terms of this whole situation and uh, well hell yeah so the thing is that you know there's there's a huge shift in 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 mindset that's occurring there's a huge shift happening in the way that Americans think and stuff like that, and and actually, it's funny. A lot of those people that that post those kinds of comments, which isn't very common for me anymore, uh, they get kind of dogpiled. It's pretty funny, actually. They get kind of, you've got fans, bro. Well, even, even beyond that, even beyond that, even the new people come in and they're like, uh, so excited and so thrilled, and and they'll see some bullshit comment or something. Which there's really not that many of those. Uh, it's it's very uncommon i mean i'd say every that's nice it almost takes care of itself the whole thing it's, yeah it's, it really does it really does that's the beauty of giving the ecosystem it's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's i don't have to i don't have to really you know the ecosystem that we have and and i give everything away for free but what i get in exchange is i get information so i get i get mountains mount everest of information all the time 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 and it's i sent this in i got this response i sent this in i did this i got pulled over i said this this is what happened i had a girl yesterday who got pulled over and she said that i don't recommend you say any of these things so you know she said you don't have jurisdiction over me blah 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 blah. and the cop didn't like that cops don't like to be told that yeah she just went hostile qu as quick as could be she tonight. didn't go hostile she went she went challenging in a matter-of-fact way, but even that, I strongly do not oh, okay. to do that. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Good clarification. Cop didn't like that. Cop arrested her, impounded her car, went back to the station, put her in a cell, uh, comes back, looks like a fucking ghost, 
says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You were right. I apologize. Took her out of the cell, uh, drove her to her car personally, got the car out of impound. He was so apologetic, said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, he's very scared of something horrible happening to him or him losing his bad or something like that. And, uh, Whoa. but the thing is, is that I don't, I strongly do not recommend that you taunt the officers with your, uh, statuses and your contracts and the fact that they can't, it's like, it's like, it's no different than like two eight-year-olds and one goes, you can't get me. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? The chase will ensue. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's just like. It's got nothing to do with a, a, a boy in blue. It's got to do with, you know, this is our, this is our, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to stir up any sort of a tag you're at kind of. Uh, oh man, energy, I totally, you know? totally agree. I say be the utmost respective unless the cop goes into some mode because he doesn't like whatever status you're claiming and whatever you're giving him for information when he's asking for something else, which could happen. And there could be a negative uh, back and forth, but you just stay positive, right? Yeah. If it happens, just play along and be as nice as you can. See if you can educate the guy because he probably doesn't know shit. He probably knows none, none of this. Yeah, and it's really easy to win a ticket. I mean, it's almost so easy, it's unbelievable. And in fact, we're starting to shift a lot of our attention because a lot of the attention up to this point has been how to get rid of a ticket, right? Uh -huh. But now we're shifting all that energy, and now what we're doing is even if they try to dismiss the ticket, we're not going to let them. Um, and we're actually going to do countersuits, and we're actually going to walk away from every single ticket with money in our pocket. We want to get paid every single time. My definition of a success has changed, and I'm and I'm working very hard to change that definition with all of my people, which is a lot, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, so... This whole time, it's always been a, let's get it dismissed, let's get it thrown out, let's defend ourselves correctly. We, we, I am shifting that paradigm entirely to the point where if they even try to dismiss the case, we will file an appeal. We'll put the case back on the table ourselves if we have to. Uh, that Once they file the case, that case isn't going anywhere. They can beg to dismiss the case and we will deny that motion to dismiss the case. Because we were, we are not walking away until we are paid, period. And that is the bottom line now. That's what you're seeking is damages for what That's they've it. done. Because yep. time is money, and they're wasting your fucking time. It's 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 a it's a fictitious filing. It's a it's a vex, vexatious filing. It's a there's actually literally a term for using the court system in a way that is very violating and does not really have any real basis in law. And and the 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 way that you can countersuit very easily on any of these cases is that you make them prove what contracts existed that allowed them to write a complaint for breach of contract. And if they cannot answer the question, then then you have full grounds to sue for essentially like a it's a harassment. Then why are you harassing me by filing a complaint for breach of contract when there was never any grounds for breach of contract to begin with? So you can, you can hit them with uh, uh, perjury because they, they signed under penalty of perjury that, that, that this particular breach of contract existed, which mm -hmm. when you when you prove that it doesn't exist, they're now they're now up for perjury, mm -hmm. uh, contempt, which is contempt of court. You can hit them with vexatious filing. You can hit them with fictitious filing. You can hit them with um, uh, harassment. You can hit them with coercion. 
I mean, you can just list them up. You can light them up. And, and they don't use to that. And you can also hit them with, uh, you can also hit them with 18 USC 1545. You present the passport and, and they violate that passport, uh, that safe conduct with that passport. Is it like and, you cannot be denied when you have that passport? Well, yeah, the, the passport is the right to travel. Right. I mean, you don't even need the passport to travel. You don't need the right, you, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, you need a little card to move around. That's, that's psychotic. That's communist. Uh, but no, but what, what I mean though is that, like, within even the confines of the statutory law, right? Uh, uh, the passport is the right to travel, but it's not really the right to travel. It's just, it's just that even within their own codes, it's the right to travel. So the thing is, is that it's it's very very powerful. Then you also have uh, 18 USC 242. 18 USC 242 is that absolutely anything that violates your rights under some sort of color of law is up to one year in prison. Then you have 18 USC 241, which is which is 242 as a conspiracy charge, which means that let's say two officers pull you over and two officers are both violating your rights at the same time. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be a 242 charge. It would be a 241 charge. A 241 charge takes that up to one year penalty and increases it by tenfold up to 10 years in prison. Jesus Christ. And you can hit them, you can hit them with 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 vexatious filing, all this stuff, then you hit him with 18 USC 1545, and you could hit him with 18 USC 242, and you could hit him with 18 USC 241, because 242, it'd be two charges separately, one for each officer, and then 241 would include both officers under one under one charge. So if you were to add up 242 times two, 241 plus vexatious filing plus all these other things plus harassment plus uh, uh 1545 they're not going to get 25 to 30 years in prison but you can put that on the table uh they're not going to get 25 to 30 years i mean there's no fucking way i mean the, at most they're right. lose their badge that's usually what we see in a lot of these cases they're going to lose their badge and they're going to lose their jobs wow. uh we've seen entire crews of police four or five uh, all lose their jobs all at the same time are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got tons of these. You have been part of this. No, I've seen oh, the external. Oh, okay. No. Okay. I've seen. I've seen it all externally. Right. So, well, it'd be even more fun if you were involved in some dirty cops getting it. But. Well, the thing is, is that a lot of times they just don't know, and you can start going after the police academy. Yeah, I, you that's where you don't want to get nasty. You don't want to start yeah. getting hateful because there are a lot of good cops out there, and I know some that are great. Oh, me too. I know some that me are too. horrible, but I know some great dudes. Man, they really want to. Yeah. They want to help. They want to do what's right. But, you know, they're demonized because there is plenty of bad cops out there doing the wrong stuff, too. And they get caught. Yeah. Everybody's got a follow now video and everything. So, you know. Yeah. So I don't really. You're better off. I mean, if I was in a situation where the cop just didn't know and he violated my rights, I mean, for sure, I'd want to discipline the cop. But I'd go after the police academy and the police police station. I'd go after the, the training. Lack of training. So you take all that information that you're collecting through this lawsuit, and then what happens is in the lawsuit, you can actually file for a motion to add a party to the case, right? So as you're collecting all this information, now what you're doing is you're adding parties to the case. So you're adding people into the case that you're suing as part of the case. That's why I was telling you, they beg to dismiss the case. And Oh, they don't want to do it a bit. They're like, no, 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 no. You're like, uh-uh, you started this. I'm going to finish it. Oh, no. This case ain't going nowhere. Because this uh, never happens. 
Yeah, it never happens. And the cool thing <laughs> is that you could, if you really want to take it to the, the nth degree, if they force a dismissal of the case, you as the defendant on a counterclaim will be going and filing an appeals case. So you're going to open up the case again at a higher level, uh, all, all because they gave you a ticket. And now the police academy is getting sued. Police stations getting sued. Uh, officers Whoa. getting sued. There's 30, 30 years in prison on the table. There's six different charges. The, you know, half of them are felonies. It can get really, really ugly for them really, really fast. Uh, and the court, as long as you are very, very respectful and as long as you're very, very matter of fact, and as long as you're not- Again, being humble, being respectful. Yeah, these guys aren't going to go to prison for 30 years. Play along. Years. Just play along. They are going to go to prison for 30 years, but you place it on the table and you talk about how the law allows you to press charges that could put them away for 30 years. As a lawyer, as a lawyer would. Yeah. A lawyer would bring this up. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you hit a certain point and 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 life becomes very interesting at that point because now you can litigate anything at all whatsoever. I sent in a, a financial instrument to my um, my water and power uh, company, my utility bill, and uh, if they ignore oh, that good. bill, if they ignore that bill, which they probably will, we're going straight to litigation. I'm going to file a federal lawsuit on my Department of Water and Power here in this town. And they will do exactly what I originally said that they were going to do. If they think that they're not going to do the orders that I sent them, they're sadly mistaken. Because it, all it takes is just a litigation. It might not happen overnight. It might take me you know, a month or two months or three months to get it all done and get the court to actually issue. Wow. You can compel. It's called It's called a motion to compel. You can compel and you can you can actually compel the court to write an order. And if they don't follow the order, then you can actually compel the court to find the defendant in contempt of court. And you can actually mm. use the court to issue a contempt of court charge. You can go down to the sheriff's office. You can go with the sheriffs. You can go down to the Department of Water and Power and start arresting people in, in handcuffs and taking them in and putting them in prison cells. I see you've looked into this. Because <laughs> it's coming up next. I'm sure it'll be a great video or a great talk with somebody. So this is where all my research and all my testing and all the good stuff is right now. Currently, we are in our first case, uh, and I'm working on four more cases right now as we speak. Those will all probably be filed and served here in the next handful of, of weeks, and then we've got probably like 30 total that I'll be working on throughout the year, so already scheduled. So That is awesome, dude. Yeah. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement happening. Um, and that's another reason why I don't charge. Uh, we charge a lot of money up front for litigation clients, and then I get a percentage of everything that we make. And, uh, and it's like a donation, right? That's yeah, how you all wash it out. Yeah. It's security a donation. Yeah. Right. There you go. A, so it's, a foreign, it's a foreign securities donation. Uh, yeah. They really can't say nothing about that. It's, it's not even, the transaction is not done in the United States legally. Um, so it doesn't really has nothing to do, and it's not, uh, you know, my it's all like secret knowledge. Everybody wants this guy is spewing the secrets of the universe. We all want to know how the law works and how they trap us, and how do you get released from it? He's giving it all away. It all comes to naturalization. It's that simple. It's just you confer the nationality of whatever you know. Uh, your corporation is is located in the Washington D.C., and then you you go and you report income you don't have any income and the reason why you don't have any income is because in order to have income you have to make money 
The Federal Reserve notes are legally not money in the law. They're called negotiable instruments. Right. That's a whole they're securities. Area. They're securities. So you are not making any money. You are not you are not gaining any money. There is no gain at all whatsoever that is occurring. You are collecting securities. And that's all you're doing. Those securities don't intrinsically have any monetary value. They're they're negotiable instruments. And and the whole subject of negotiable instruments come from UCC Article 3. And when you study UCC Article 3, it's all just evidences of debt. It isn't actually money at all. And if you look in uh, UCC 3-102, it says right at the beginning of UCC Article 3 that UCC Article 3 is only talking about negotiable instruments. It's not talking about money. They literally say that right in UCC 3. This Again, is I hope everybody caught that because that's important. Yeah. Nothing that we think is money is actually money. Your credit cards, your balance, your paper money, nothing's money, but what? Like gold and silver? Gold and silver or coins. Gotta be coins. Gold and silver coins. That, that is the only thing actually considered money. The rest of it, gotta be we're coins. playing with numbers in a ledger or zeros and ones on a computer. Yeah, so the thing is, is that you, you don't have any income, so that's another way that you can get, you can, you can become a non-taxpayer which is the, the terminology they use at the IRS for somebody who does not have a tax liability. It's a non-taxpayer. Uh, so the, one of the ways you can become a non-taxpayer, there's a million ways you can do it. A lot of it has to do with location, obviously, right? Naturalization. And then the second part of it is knowing what is money and what is not, what is income and what is not. If you are not receiving and processing gold and silver coins within the territorial boundaries of the Washington, D.C., you wouldn't have a tax liability. You're a non-taxpayer at that point, right? So the thing is, is that when I receive securities, which are called Federal Reserve notes, uh, they are they are a donation, a foreign securities donation. Mm. So right on the invoice, it says that you know you this donation is taking place within the territorial boundaries of the nation of the Amnesty Coalition, and as securities, this is a donation. Right, so it's all part of the invoicing process on how I do that. Right, so you got that so locked down, you don't have anything to worry about. You cover every angle. Yeah, it's all yeah. legal, and the money flows into a private irrevocable trust that is not registered with the government. They can't even look into it, right? No, there's the, the, legally. There's, legally, there's two ways that uh, there's a, there's two things that you have to have in place in order to have a a, a trust that is not uh, under the jurisdiction of a summons, and it's right out of the United States Code. They literally say. It's got to be foreign, which means it can't be created by or given by or associated with or registered with the government. That's number one. Number two, it, it, none of the trustees of the trust can be U.S. citizens. So if the trustee is a U.S. citizen of a private irrevocable trust, as per the United States Code, the government would still have jurisdiction for summons and subpoenas. But if you are a non-citizen national and the trust itself is a private irrevocable trust, then literally right in the United States Code, it says that that the, the, the government does not have jurisdiction for summons or subpoenas in that situation. So they can still issue you a summons. Mm -hmm. But at that point, they're not, they're not, it's not, they're not, it's not a demanded summons, it's a requested summons. And you can literally just write back like uh, your, your request for summons is denied and you can mail it back. And there's nothing they can do right in the U.S. Code. There's nothing they can do. So the thing is, there's a lot of people who 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 might buckle under the pressure. Oh, most people, yes. 
So let's say you are a non-citizen national and you have a private irrevocable trust. They can offer you a summons, and if you accept it voluntarily, it's legal. Mm. All about you accepting. So if you accept it, it's legal. How do you reject it legally where it's not going to be a problem for you? You can reject absolutely anything legally by simply responding to the request, explaining the situation clearly without emotion. For example, uh, IRS sends you something. You send back, uh, you know, uh, I'm not a taxpayer and I hereby confer the nationality of a state upon myself or upon the ends legis after birth by means whatsoever of blah. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that the only reason why the IRS would be sending you any mail is because you had already previously sent them information voluntarily. So again, it all comes down to correcting information or applications or letters or forms that you had already previously sent in that had information on it that was processed by some sort of government agency. That's the problem. The problem is not right now. What's happening right now. The problem is, is what you already submitted. They're operating off of whatever it is that you already submitted. You said you were a U.S. citizen eight years ago. They're still operating off of that same piece of information. And that's why it's called the contract killer course, because you need to go back and you need to clean up all this shit that you didn't know you were doing, right? Because literally Brandon's point here is like, look at me, I'm 44, I'm about to turn 45, started at 18 filling out these W-2 forms and all these driver's license forms, you know, getting my registration, you know, getting my mortgage, getting my car, whatever, anything, any contract. He's talking about anything. Somewhere yeah. you're going to have a check. The mortgage is like the, there's your United States citizen on all, almost all those. Yep. To reinforce the fact that you are not free of the corporation of the United States of America. You are opting in is what you're doing and you don't even know it. Yeah. And you can opt out just as easily as you opted in and you will think uh, that the government will totally not allow any opting out at all. I'm telling you, it it is just as easy to opt out as it is to opt in and they will not say a fucking thing to you out of the tens of thousands of people I've seen every once in a blue moon We'll see a letter from the Department of State that says, you know, we can only give you a U.S. citizen passport. Uh, you know, all the stuff that you're talking about, about not being a U.S. citizen. You know, we can only issue a U.S. citizen passport. Please write back within 90 days stating that you do want a U.S. citizen passport. Otherwise, your your application will be denied. Even that, we have a little blurb that I wrote on 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 to respond to that, which is very simple. It's just um, you don't even you don't even acknowledge anything that they said in the letter at all. You just say, look, I filed a DS-11 under penalty of perjury. Perjury is up to one year in prison. I also attached an affidavit that was uh, uh, notarized under penalty of perjury, which I could also go to jail for up to one year in prison. Uh, uh, I know that both of these documents were signed under penalty of perjury, and I stand by the way that I had originally filled out the DS-11 form and the way that I filled out the courtesy explanatory statement to clarify everything that I was filling out. Uh, I can go to prison for up to a total of two years if I am found to be a perjurer on these documents and I stand by the documents the way I filled them out. Please process the documents the way that they were submitted. Thank you very much for your time. You don't acknowledge anything they say about the U.S. citizen, non-U.S. Right. Citizen. You're not getting re-steered at all. Nope. No, you're focused straight ahead. Focused. Yeah. 
Doesn't matter what they say. They say goats and chickens and U.S. citizens and everything. I don't care. I don't know. I don't know about any of that. I don't give a fuck. I sent you some documents. Uh, you're the public servant. You need to process the documents the way they were sent in. I know that if I lied on those documents, I'm going to prison for, for a while. It ain't fucking a weekend, you know. Uh, so process my documents the way that I sent them in, please, and do it now. And thank you very much for your time. And they uh, they are processing the document. So it's like less than 1% are getting these letters. It's like a, a, a like one-tenth of a percent of people are getting these letters. We send this form letter back that I wrote. They get processed every single time. So we have 100% on this. 100%. Wow. 100% is a damn good ratio. Every once in a while, we'll get one that's like... Um, People, people will, will sign in the signature box with block letters. Uh, so every once in a great while, they'll send a denial stating that uh, you can't uh, print in the signature box. You have to do with a cursive or whatever. Uh, the way those ones work is they don't make you pay again, but you do have to go back to the passport office and, and fill out a new one and then re-sign it, and they'll process it uh, and without having to pay again. We get we get a few of those. Very very rare that we'll see those. That's it. That's that's all we see. We just see those letters, and then we just go in and resign them, or or go in and write all the same shit, but this time with squiggly lines instead of instead of block lines. That's all we do, uh, and they accept that. Uh, every once in a blue moon, they will say that the signature on the DS11 passport form does not match the signature found on the driver's license. Because uh, the driver's license is used for identification when they go in to get the passport. There's a couple of ways around that one. You can either use a different form of identification and do it again. Uh, or you can go and get a new driver's license. And you can change the signature on the driver's license, which is very easy. It costs like $30. You have to wait a few weeks to get your new license in the mail. Then you take that new license, take it into the DS-11, redo the DS-11, and then now they'll accept it. But that's also very, very, very rare very very rare okay uh one last thing i know you can't really dig into this there's no depth we can go into because we're gonna run out of time land patents allodial title titles like actually owning a piece of property i is think it, I, is it I, possible I, people say I, it is yeah i vaguely know i've never done one but i know the process I'm going to have Ron Gibson on my show uh, on the 19th of February. And then I'll probably have like maybe a two or three day turnaround to get it published. Uh, so probably by around uh, February 22nd, 23rd, I'll have a show with the, the king of land patents. And we're going to get into a lot of information yeah. on that. We're going to oh, get yeah. into time. I'm going to ask him so many questions and stuff. But I haven't actually done one myself. One of my clients has done one entirely and he sent me all the documentation and I've seen it myself. And I have a couple fans that have done theirs, but uh, I, I typically learn best by by diving into something and doing it myself. So, right. that's, so that's an area to be conquered yet. You understand, yeah. but suppose, but you have it put in practice. So you're not gonna start talking about it like you know everything. Yeah, you just go back in time, you make a summary sheet of, of all the different quick claim deeds and warranty deeds and all that stuff, and then you are guarantory deeds or whatever the hell it is. And then there's actually the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, you can go online and type in uh, BLM. I think it's B-L-M-G-L-O lookup, something like that. And there's a website uh, that's a governmental agency called the Bureau of Land Management, and you can actually look up 
the original signed handwritten land patents for all the different parcels of land throughout huge sections of America. Not every state and not, not every county is on there. Uh, I don't think Texas is on there because it, 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 it the, Texas is special in the way that it's never really ceded its land to the union or whatever. I, there's something special. With, I don't think Texas is listed on there necessarily, but a lot of states and a lot of places are. And you can find, possibly find your parcel of land and you can, it'll actually pull up a PDF file right there live on the internet for free. You don't even need to have a login or anything of the original handwritten residentially signed land patent. Whoa. And you can order certified copies. And then what you do is you basically go through a process where you bring that original presidential land patent up to present time and you use that to retitle your property under the original presidential land patent. Holy and then, shit. And then you wait 60 <laughs> days. That's amazing. You have to make like a, like a public claim and then you wait 60 days and then you file all that information into the county recorder and then boom, now you have a, a publicly announced completed land patent process where you have claimed. And then from there, it's very simple at the county uh, decides that you didn't pay your property taxes and decides to send you various documentation or whatnot, then you would simply litigate against the county, file a federal lawsuit against the county, and then you would just clean all that up in a court of law. And uh, there's there's some people that are winning these, some people that are not winning these. I think the big difference is just uh, knowing how to pitch that lawsuit. For example, you don't even need a land patent. You don't even need a land patent to win against the county. Uh, it's very easy to win against the county. You just say, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel as though I am being benefited by the services the county are offering me, and they'll go, oh yeah, but we give you, we give you, you know, we help you with the permitting to make sure that your buildings are properly, uh, you know, we help you with like digging, making sure you're not digging up lines. Now the thing is, is that it's very, very simple. Because in order for something to be considered beneficial, it has to be it has to be considered beneficial. Like you have to actually consider it to be beneficial, right? So if you simply go to court and you say, I don't consider it to be beneficial at all whatsoever, uh, that's not a benefit for me. I don't consider it a benefit. I don't consider it consideration at all. Yeah. Uh, if you don't consider it consideration and you don't consider it a benefit, it is not a benefit. And once you once you prove that you are not being benefited then the court will rule that that you having to pay anything to them in exchange for services or benefits is hereby null and void. Because if you do not consider their services to be beneficial, then by definition, that would be classified as involuntary servitude, slavery, or peonage. As per oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think you even need a land patent to, to get away from the county. My, my current theory, which I haven't tested yet, is you just sue them and you just hammer them with that information that I just covered. There's no way in hell they can win. They will release and I, the property. I have heard you talking about ways to sue for those that are not financially capable. If they learn how to do this, they can do it without spending a bunch of money, correct? You can sue for free. It's called impropria. It's called suing impropria um, pauperous. Impropria pauperous. Okay, there you go. It's a it's a it's a petition where you're petitioning the court saying that you're in the person of a pauper and you don't have the money but you're willing to pay the court fees and the serving fees 
through the winnings of the court case. The judge will look over the case to make sure that it's like even halfway realistic that they'll ever get paid and it's not just some bullshit thing. And if they approve your petition to be presented in propria pauperis, then um, all fees are deferred and they will take on the lawsuit at no cost. Oh, wow. That is very valuable information. Cause I'm going to teach all that. I'm going to teach all that in the pro se litigant course. Uh, number one, everybody thinks they got to get a lawyer, which you dispelled that myth earlier and all the reasons why. Then if you actually want to do something, there is action required. You do have to learn. Yeah. Right? You've got to learn definitions. You've got to learn how to support yourself inside of a legal situation where you have to speak. If you're not a retard, you're not a child, you should be able to do this. And it's not that hard when you have people like Brandon putting a website together. You can read it or you can listen to his class. Yeah. And then there you go. You could be your own attorney and not lose a bunch of rights and deal with people plea bargaining off for your ass. You know, what yep. never turns out well. And the courts are are literally, there's case law, there's actual previous court cases where they are actually, uh, uh, they, they are much, much more lenient on pro se litigants in terms of proper procedure. And if you fuck things up, they'll almost sort of like, fix it for you and then file it for you the way that the court system That's works interesting. is pro se is actually a lot easier uh in the courts literally by by the decree of the court it's actually there's there's literally previous cases where they state that the courts need to be easier more gentle and more helpful for people who are pro se so pro se actually has tons I mean, of benefits. That ma that's actually common sense. That makes sense. I can't believe that's actually like written down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, written down. <laughs> yeah, it's totally, totally. That makes perfect right. sense. Yes, yeah. they do need somebody to be gentle with them because they don't know all the legal terminology. Yep. And legally. So you, you go in pro se, they're going to be easier on you. If you go in pro se and propria pauperous, it's free or deferred. Uh, and then without a lawyer, Operous. yeah, that. so it's, 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 yeah, you are, <laughs> I'm a broke ass, you know, I'm broke ass. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> there's a lot of thing, a lot of resources, a lot of things you can do. I'm, I'm looking into all of it. Uh, if you can pay for the lawsuit, I wouldn't recommend you go inappropriate pauperous cause there are, uh, case, there is some case law and there is, there is some particular, very interesting laws and and previous things and i even in the constitution there's a section on uh on on paupers and and people who are it's it pauper is not necessarily the best thing uh i would not file in inappropriate pauperous if you unless you absolutely positively have to mm. uh, uh just to be clear on that um i'm not filing that on any of my cases i don't intend to ever file that myself um but I do know there's people who can't afford the filing fees and in that situation, then it's fine. Uh, but if you can't afford the filing fees, I don't recommend that you do that. How high could some of these filing fees run? I'm not going to keep you here. I know we, we need to cut this off. How high federal, some of federal court, at federal court is like $405 a suit. Okay. And then state court is anywhere from, you know, 120 to maybe 360 ish, something like that. Um, it just varies state to state. I mean, everything I do is in federal court, so it's about 405, 450, something like that. And then you pay like all the mailing costs and stuff like that. So you're going to pay like maybe 50 bucks or so in mailing fees, stuff like that. So maybe 500 bucks a case to get a case rolling. Right. Okay. 
Good, good ballpark. That's a good ballpark. That gives people an idea. So if you want to do this, you're serious, you study it up, and you're ready to drop the paperwork, do everything that small you Small claims, do. small claims do is it. really cheap. Small claims is like 60 bucks or something ridiculous. But but if you want to do the big boy cases, like all the ones that I'm doing, it's like, you know, maybe yeah. 500 bucks, 500 bucks, you know. Yeah. And I would imagine most people, that's where they're going to go. Well, great information. Uh, this guy's got two books out. He's written. We didn't even mention that, did we? I don't think we talked about the fact. I've not I got three to... books with this one because okay. this one is the third book. So it's three books total. Basically, your website is a book, right? Yeah, but th about... 30 page. Yeah. Absolutely. Great read, too. All the material is great. I vouch for it. It's. It, I've been through it every single class. So um, I need to implement more because I have the knowledge now. And here he is presenting it to everybody else in the world. So learn, look up these uh, statute numbers, some of these different uh, numbers she's given you. Just Google them. Go to Cornell University. Read it for yourself. This is actual reality that Brandon has given you. And I think a lot of people talk about this stuff as a conspiracy. And a lot of people have given it a bad name because it hasn't been done correctly. So I appreciate you, Brandon. Thank you so much for doing it the right way. And thank you for presenting your material here and giving us all this free information. It's valuable. We love it, man. Love you, dude. I hope you keep doing it. I don't doubt one bit that you will, and you're just going to keep going up, dude. I'm watching. Yes, sir. I'm watching. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun with litigation. And uh, I'm going to be making this course, and it'll be released probably by the end of the year. We'll see if it's maybe the summertime, but probably by the end of the year. And uh, it's going to get going to get exciting my friend more exciting than it already is oh i can't wait for all the updates because i know you send out emails every time there's a su success in the business when y'all have a breakthrough so i'm looking yep. forward to it all right good sir thank you very much no problem brother have a good evening you too my friend later mate keeping it real